Complicated market stalls of its sprawling slums and alongside the upscale apartment buildings in its ritzy suburbs. After months of nonstop campaigning, the country's roads were lined with party billboards. The voter outpouring was a testament to the importance of the results. Kenya's next president will take the helm of an economy that has outpaced the vast majority of countries on the continent. Kenya now serves as a base for diplomats, business executives, and aid workers who have come to see the country as an island of relative stability in a fragile region bordering South Sudan and Somalia. But it is, nonetheless, a country fraught with problems, corruption in the public sector, terrorism emanating from neighboring Somalia, and tribalism at home that has led to sometimes dangerous political clashes. In 2007, post-election violence left about 1,400 people dead. People waiting in line expressed concern about possible unrest. Of course it's on my mind after what happened in 2007, said Edith Oketch, 35, who voted with her 10-month-old daughter clinging to her shoulder. Oketch had avoided political rallies, fearing they might get out of hand, but on Tuesday there was no question that she would vote for Odinga, so she lined up at a polling center in a primary school near her home in Kabera, Kenya's largest slum. Oketch has a university degree in business administration, but like many Kenyans, she has struggled to find work even as the country's economy has grown by more than 5% annually. She now sells cereal and other food in the slum. You take your kid to school, you struggle, and in the end, there is nothing in return, Oketch said. Her solution? She would vote out Kenyatta, hoping that Odinga would bring change that would trickle down to Kabira. Odinga had even chosen to cast his vote in the slum, a good sign, she thought. But with Kenyan politics dictated mostly by tribal alliances, other polling sites dominated by Kenyatta's Kikuyu tribe were filled with voters who longed to keep the president in power. Under Kenyatta's presidency, Ida Mungai's life had improved dramatically. She started her own business, a bakery called the K-Cub, and she watched as more and more customers came. Kenyatta had committed to modernizing the country, encouraging technological innovation, and Mungai had seen the results of those efforts firsthand, she said. I registered my business online. I pay my yearly licensing fees online, she said. It's so much easier than it was. But Mungai recognized that even her vote was about more than just Kenyatta's leadership. Like the president, she is Kikiyu. It's a tribal thing here, no matter how much we say it's not. It will likely take two or three days for the results of the election to be tabulated. Odinga has already said that he believes he will only lose if the vote is rigged, and it remains unclear how he or his supporters would respond to such a loss. Odinga is running for his fourth, and likely last, time, adding pressure on his campaign. International election monitors included former Secretary of State John F. Kerry. The transition from voting to counting is going to be critical, and there is a process in place for that too. That's why it is too early for us to be drawing any kinds of conclusions, but we will see where it goes, said Kerry, who is here representing the Carter Center. In a statement Monday, former President Obama weighed in on Kenya's tribal tension and the need for a peaceful vote. In Kenya's election, we have already seen too much incitement and appeals based on fear from all sides, he said. But I also know that the Kenyan people as a whole will be the losers if there is a descent into violence. You can make clear that you will reject those that want to deal in tribal and ethnic hatred. This is Sam Scholl reading from the Washington Post Speaking of Science section. Your brain can form new memories while you are asleep, neuroscientists show. By Ben Guarino. A sleeping brain can form fresh memories, according to a team of neuroscientists. The researchers played complex sounds to people while they were sleeping, and afterward the sleepers could recognize those sounds when they were awake. The idea that humans can learn while asleep, a concept sometimes called hypnopedia, 
has a long and odd history. It hit a particularly strange note in 1927, when New York inventor A.B. Salinger debuted the Psychophone. He built the device as an automatic suggestion machine. The Psychophone was a phonograph connected to a clock. It played wax cylinder records, which Salinger made and sold. The records had names like Life Extension, Normal Weight, or Mating. That last one went, I desire a mate. I radiate love. My conversation is interesting. My company is delightful. I have a strong sex appeal. Thousands of sleepers bought the devices. Salinger told The New Yorker in 1933, those included Hollywood actors, he said, though he declined to name names. Despite his enthusiasm for the machine, Salinger himself dozed off to inspiration and health. The device was a bust. But the idea that we can learn while unconscious holds more merit than Gizmo's named psychophone suggests. In the new study, published Tuesday in the journal Nature Communications, neuroscientists demonstrated that it is possible to teach acoustic lessons to sleeping people.